0: Uh, stir. Everybody say stir. stir. Today we're talking about stirring our faith, and, and my goal today is that we stir some things up in our, our spiritual life, and we leave here just believing a little more that God is who he says he is and that he can do what he says he can do. We've been having a little bit of fun every week in the series. The, the title, Stir, in a series, we were in a creative meeting We knew that it was a very churchy title. We we decided that everything at Action Church, if you know it's gonna be great, it's one word and it's an action verb. And so like, stir was was gonna be awesome. It was kinda churchy. And so we thought we'd have some fun over the first few weeks and and teach new people this Christian language that we all uh, flow in and out of all the time without even knowing. And if you are new to Christianity, you know that it's weird. If you've been in Christianity as long as I have, since five weeks old, every attendance pen, every Bible reading pen in the Baptist church, like it wasn't weird to me, it's just, Christianese. It's just the language that we speak. I have a couple more uh, terms this week that I want to to really camp out on. I've been guilty of doing or using both of these phrases, so don't be offended, but but I really want to pastor you through this moment. There is something that we have to stop saying. Uh When we talk about reaching people, connecting people, we talk about treating people, loving people, we add something to it that makes it weird. We're just going to go in the community. We're going to love on the community. We're going to love on them. They don't know you. They don't want you to love on them, <laughs> especially post-COVID. You know, we just loving on. No, that sounds weird. Inappropriate. Stop. It sounded really cool about 10 years ago. We got, yeah, I'm just, just there to love on you. No, I don't know you. With your red shirt coming to me at a gas station, I'd like for you to pray for me, maybe encourage me, but I'd like for you to keep your love on and me to yourself. Like, stop <laughs> saying it. Uh, Yeah, Pastor Ray says a lot. I said a lot. I probably started it, but it's weird. It sounds Christian. It sounds cool if you know, but if you're reading it from the outside, it just makes us look really, really weird. Stop. And so look on your, your Facebook feed, your Instagram feed. Let's go back. Let's make some edits. Let's stop. Action Church does not love on people, we love people with the love of Jesus. There's so many people offended right now. They're like, you're like on your Facebook right now. I have it too. It's fine. Here's the next one that we we do is that we blame God for any decision that we don't want to actually own. And what I'm talking about mainly here is for for fun, is our breakups in the past. You know what I mean? Like God, come on, you're in in middle school, you're in high school, you're in college. Come on, you were last week and you're like, you know what? God said that that it was just not going to work out. And it's like, no, he did it. Like you didn't even... You didn't even pray about it. you know, I just, I just really feel like I'm not God's best for you. You can do better, when really you're like, I just don't think you're very pretty. You know, like you're, your laugh's kind of annoying. Like, that's, that's what you're thinking in high school, but you're saying like, I'm just not God's best for you. You know, I just gotta, I don't, I don't wanna stand in the way of all that God has for your future. You know, I see myself not really as a life partner, but more, more as a brother in Christ. And so I'm a brother in Christ, all things Christianese, it's just ridiculous. Today I'll talk about stirring our faith, and to do that, uh, I wanna talk about some ingredients for our faith. I love some good ingredients, anybody, anybody love food in here? Yeah, that's that's the biggest response we've ever gotten in the 9 a.m. service. So you're gonna love this illustration. And so we're uh, we're preparing Thanksgiving, and this was the first year ever uh, at my house that I began to prepare Thanksgiving. I did the dressing uh, and the turkey. And if you're not from the South, dressing is separate. Stuffing and dressing are two totally different things. And I don't have time to get into a full lecture on how they're different, but they taste different. The consistency is different. You cannot tell me they're the same. Dressing goes in a casserole pan, and it's stands by itself because it's amazing. (laughs) Stuffing is just something you put in the middle of a bird that nobody really ever eats, and I'm not trying to offend you, I'm just saying dressing in the South is a staple. It's its own deal, it's not a part of something else. And so when you're making the dressing, it's a long process. It is a very, very long process. And I was making it with my mom. It's my grandmother. Uh, my me-mom is what we called her. She passed away a couple years ago from COVID. But it's her recipe. So my, me and my mom were doing it. Uh, Gabby was there. And we were, I was working in the morning. So, so Gabby went to the grocery store to get all the ingredients. You gotta have the right ingredients for the deal. So we get there. And we have everything. And we've got, we've got eggs. And we've got the cornbread meal. We've got, uh, uh, we've got the, the, the bread. We've got the milk. We've got everything that we need except one of the key ingredients to dressing is, is, is buttermilk, buttermilk. So we get there, I'm like, hey, Gabs, where's, where's the buttermilk? She goes, it's right here. Here's the butter, <laughs> and here's the milk. Butter, I'm like, no, buttermilk is its own thing. She's like, I've never heard, no, you gotta have the proper, so we're there. And then, uh, I had permission to tell this story. Uh, <laughs> And we get all the ingredients in there and, and her and my mom are kind of stirring and I realize that the way in which they're stirring, we're gonna be here for hours. Like it was a soft stir. So about 30 minutes into the dressing, they're both, they're, I call them my sous chefs because oh, I am taking over the dressing. I'm just, hey, just give me instructions and because to really get some great dressing, you gotta really stir that thing. And so that's what I wanna talk about today, the right ingredients and the right amount of stirring to produce the faith that God is calling us to have to lead the life that he has for us. I wanna wanna stir our our faith today. I wanna make sure we leave today with a proper ingredients for what God wants to do. Let's start in Hebrews chapter 12, verse one and two. We're gonna be in Hebrews 11 and 12 today, and then we're gonna jump over to Acts four as well. Hebrews 11, starting in verse one, says faith, everybody say faith. faith. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things that we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. Faith is the the substance, one translation. So the substance of things hoped for. It's the thing that we cling to. It's the thing that we build our Christian life on. It is our faith. And it goes on to say in Hebrews 11, we don't have time to read the whole chapter today, but without faith, it's impossible to please God, which means a key ingredient to what we're doing in this Christian life. The the foundation is a relationship with Jesus, but without faith, there is nothing that you and I do, there is nobody that we love on that is helpful on this side of eternity without faith. Faith is the key component. And we see all throughout Hebrews 11 that people were credited for their service in the kingdom of God and for what they did for God by their faith. It was by faith that Enoch walked with God and he was no born. It was by faith that Abraham was able to, able to come into covenant and be the father of many nations. It was by faith that Joseph was, was available and, and, and was uh, had the option or the opportunity to endure all that he did. It was by faith that Noah built a boat when there had never been rain. It was by faith that, that Moses led the people out of Egypt. It wasn't by their might. It wasn't by their strength. It wasn't by their strategy. It wasn't by their intellect. The key ingredient, to a life of following Jesus is your faith. It's your faith. The key ingredient is faith. So that's what I wanna do today. As we were preparing Thanksgiving, we also fried some turkeys. Man, I love a fried turkey. Like I may not preach the second and third service today. Like I might just go make some turkey in dressing. A key to, to having a great turkey is that you inject the right ingredients into the turkey. You you can fry that turkey, but if you don't put some great stuff on the inside of it, it's not gonna, it's gonna look good, follow me. It's gonna look good, it's gonna look normal, but when you begin to slice it open, there is something missing. What I'm trying to get to today is that we don't, as a church and individually, just look good on the table, but when you slice us open, what comes, what oozes out of the inside of us is a key ingredient of faith. I wanna inject the right ingredients for our faith today. How do we do that? I got three practical things, and then I'm just gonna preach at you for about 20 minutes. And so, just trying to stir your faith. Like I was so sore from stirring that dressing, my my forearm hurt for a week. That's the type of stir I feel like we need to have the proper amount of faith in our life. Here's three things, three ingredients, three principles that I wanna give us today that I believe will, will stir our faith. First off, we gotta focus on what we're allowing into our minds, our hearts in our spirits. Write this down. The first ingredient principle of faith is this. We have to hear the word of God, not the world. Hearing the the word, not the world. Are you defined based off of what God says or what people say? Romans 10 in New King James says this. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. See, we live in a world with varying opinions but the word provides a consistent truth. A key ingredient for our faith is to make sure our faith is actually in the right thing. Too many believers, too many Christians, too many people have faith just to have faith. Your faith is not in your faith. Your faith has to have a substance. It has to be attached to something. It has to be tethered to something. It has to be built on something, and that something is your relationship with Jesus, but that foundation of truth is the word of God. When Paul talks about the armor of God, the first thing he says is he put on the belt of truth because the belt of truth, what he was defining there, the belt in the soldier's army is what held everything together. Without the belt, there would not have been an integrity that everything would have been too heavy and disheveled. The belt held everything together. The word of God holds everything together. Therefore, your faith has to be based on the infallible word of God. That God is who? He says he is, that he can do what he says he can do, and then when we differ from the word, we don't change it to our opinion, we change our opinion to the word. Our faith has to be built on something that will last. Hearing the word, not the world. Write this down a second. Speaking the word, not my words. I love positive affirmations, but speaking the word over your life, not just your own words. Joshua 1.8, And the NIV says this, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do the things that you agree with written in it. Is that on there? Let's read it together, out loud, in public. (laughs) Meditate on it day and night. Together means you have to read too. Ready? Just, I'll start, you follow. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Everything. That we can't become a generation that just picks the somethings. Oh, well that doesn't fit. You know, the, the Bible should evolve like the world's evolved. No, truth doesn't change. And so the word of God is what we need to speak over our life, not just your opinion. It's a pep talk to yourself, but when it's a pep talk with the truth, it's not self-help, it's God's help. So declaring these things over, like some of the best sermons you'll ever preach are in the mirror. And it's to you to get through whatever you're walking through. But don't just say how great you are. You are great. I'm so grateful that God made you. I'm great, and I'm, and I'm confident, and I'm successful. All, all great, positive affirmations, big fan of them. Do those, but make sure before you start talking about you, you start talking about what you think, you talk about what God thinks. That we're speaking the word over our life, that we're speaking the word over our kids, that we're speaking the word over our situation. If, you, if you're waiting on something, if you're believing for something, you need a, a word from God. I said it earlier, but I wanna say it again. Our faith is not in our faith. Our faith is in God's faithfulness, and we're reminded of his faithfulness when we know his word. We hear it and we speak it. Here's the third one. We, got, we, can't, we can't stop it just hearing and speaking. Come on, it's, it's action church. We're called to go into the world. Write this down. Doing the word, not my ways. We gotta actually live out what the word says. It is not good enough just to hear it and say it. In fact, that's not faith at all. James Chapter two, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough. It is by faith that you are saved. It is by faith that you walk through your life in boldness and in power, but a faith that doesn't produce anything is meaningless. Faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds, it's dead, and it's useless. We actually have to do what we say we're going to do. As we head into Reach Week, that's why we do it. It is an onboarding for our church. It is a week in which we highlight how we can serve our community well because we want people to know that God has something for them way before the church expects anything from them. That some people will never come into these four walls until we go into their world. And so we have to actually do what the word says. To reach and to connect, to love and to serve, to meet needs. We have to obey it. We gotta do something about it. We can't just be a church that's known for worship and preaching and prayer, all those are great things. We have to go out and actually love people where they are. I've said it this way before, I'll say it again. Vision without action is just a dream. But actually, without visions, vision, is just spending time. We need to actually live out a clear purpose with a clear strategy. But we need to do what we say we're going to do. We need to have a plan, church, and then we actually need to do it. We need to be obedient. I'll say it this way we, we have faith, and it's God's job to fix the problems. I want to highlight Peter's life just for a second. Talking about faith, you see a man of, of faith. Peter was a man of faith. And I feel like I I like Peter cuz Peter reminds me of me. You know there's a lot of people in the Bible are like I couldn't do that. I feel like a lot of us could be Peter. You know what I mean? It's like every other week he had a good week or a bad week. You know what I mean? Like he follows Jesus. He leaves everything. He follows him. And he's called. He walks on water, and then he then he sinks. He's at the Mount of Transfiguration, and then he says something stupid. I feel like we always give Peter a hard time, but that, if I'm on the Mount of Transfiguration, I'm gonna say something stupid as well. You know what I mean? Like I'm just I'm I'm watching something that I can't understand. It's just like an immediate foot in mouth moment. Like that's just I can see myself as Peter. He's he preaches and he teaches. He was the first one to recognize Jesus as Savior. He was the one that Jesus said, "I'm gonna build my church," and he's also called him Satan. Like all in the same few weeks but you see a man who said I'm with you to the end and then denied him three times but he did not live in the denial he did not allow the denial to define him he got back up and he lived a life of faith a life of faith is not a perfect life the ingredients for faith is not perfection you could never attain it that's why God sent Jesus the ingredients for faith is just not stopping just keep going I screwed up this time, I'm gonna keep going. That's what we see, Peter. What I love about Peter is he did a picture of God's redemption. And if we go over to Acts chapter four, we see Peter and John preaching, but they're preaching and they're teaching and they're actually being arrested in front of the same people they would have denied. Peter would have denied Jesus just weeks before and now he's standing in front of the same people. What changed was, was an attitude or a posture of faith. Same man, same giftings, same city, same enemy, same people, same setting. Only thing that changed was some ingredients on the inside of him, some, some faith. Let's read it, uh, uh, Acts 4, uh, 1 through 13. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus, there is resurrection of the dead. They arrested them and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard this message believed it, and so the number of believers now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. We're in Acts 4. We said the first message preached by Peter at Pentecost just a couple chapters before where 3,000 men were saved. So now in just a few short moments of time, we see 2,000 more men. So you're looking at probably four or 5,000 more people who have been uh, called into uh, Christianity or at that time called the way. Verse 5, the next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Ananias, uh, the high priest, was there uh, with Cyphus, uh, uh, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we, uh, are we uh, being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? They had just healed a crippled man. Do you want to know how he was healed? I love that. Let me clearly state to all of you to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified but at whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in scriptures where it says the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John For they could see they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus, and we could talk about for hours, a whole series about this passage. What I'm trying to show you is that Peter boldly is, is questioned and is now responding with questions, not denials, but questions, and boldly saying that I'm not denying Jesus, make no mistake about it, the only name in which you can be saved is Jesus. The only one that has the power to heal is Jesus, and the only thing that changed for Peter was some faith and some boldness. Same man, same setting, same season of life, but he had some faith. And I wanna ask you a question today, how would your situation look different if you injected some faith into it? How would your relationships be different if you injected some faith into it? How would your struggle, whatever it is in your life, be different if you injected a little bit of faith into it? It's by faith that the people of Hebrews 11 were able to accomplish what God had called them to accomplish, but I want you to write this down. Faith is a posture, not a place. If we're not careful, our faith will always be placed in the destination, but faith is a posture in which we live with. Faith is about the process that God is calling us to walk. It's not about the predetermined outcome that we're believing for. In fact, We taught this in 2018, 2019. Too many of us have settled for a faith that's mandated on an outcome. My faith is in what God is going to do, not in who God is. And a faith based on outcomes is not a saving and sustaining faith. That's not the faith that the Bible talks about in Hebrews. It's not a faith based on what's gonna happen. It's a faith based on who God is. Let's read it again, let's, let's dive in, you want to? Well, I prepared it, so I'm doing it either way. So, <laughs> Hebrews 11, one and two, and then I wanna to read to the end of it. So, faith is the confidence of what we hope for will actually happen. It gives assurance about the things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation it was their faith that earned them a good reputation it was their faith that was their posture it was who they were that what who they were earned them a good who they were earned them the reputation of being people of god then we go through about 30 verses 33 verses and we see all the people that that we would, we would know, the, the hall of fame of faith, if you will, we have Abraham, we have Isaac, we have Jacob, we have Joseph, we have Noah, we have Enoch, we have Sarah, we have Rahab. We have lists and lists of, of the great men and women of God, the patriarchs and the matriarchs of our faith, and it's really the hall of fame of faith. We're listing out all the people, it was by faith that they accomplished what God called them to accomplish. But if we're not careful, we stop preaching Hebrews 11 at about verse 32 or 33, because that makes sense. It makes sense for us to have a faith in God that he did the outcome that we thought should happen. It makes sense that we would follow a God that when Moses comes to the Red Sea, it parts and they walk across safely. It makes sense that we would follow a God that would honor the promise that he made to Abraham. It Let me say it this way. It makes sense that we have faith when the practical solution looks like what we would do. Then our faith, is now focused on what God can do for us and not who he actually is. Because we get to the end of Hebrews 11 and we start reading about some other people that had, had gone through some things. We see the, the winning, verses 32 through 33. Now we see some things that don't really make sense to us. It says, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. It makes sense when what we receive on this earth is the practical solution that we were believing for. By faith, they, they, they did this. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to fight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. We, we see people praying, fasting, stirring. And then two weeks later, great diagnosis. Three weeks later, the child comes home. Oh my gosh, I can't believe God did it. But then we, we, st- we see that sometimes there's something else that happens and that shouldn't change our faith because our faith shouldn't be based on the outcome. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. Others were killed with a sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute, oppressed, and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. Verse 39 Verse 39 connects this whole chapter together and it doesn't make sense to our natural. That's why the key ingredient to following Jesus has to be faith. It cannot be your brain. It cannot be what makes sense because God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Read verse 39 about these people. People that prayed just like Moses and just like Abraham and just like Rahab, they had faith but the outcome didn't look like what they were believing for and yet the Bible says this about them. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Two completely different outcomes, but the same good reputation because your reputation is not based on the outcome, it's not based on the place, it's based on the posture. They earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised, for God had something better. outcome-based faith is fleeting and temporary. Outlook-based faith is eternal. That I'm not obsessed with the here and now when I know what's waiting for me later. It's just a different way. It's a more mature way. The truth is, though, you'll never exchange this really cheap and immature faith that's based on what happens for a one that is eternal if you're still obsessed with what's happening right now. Let me say it this way. You you can't have a a focus on eternity. You can't have an outlook-based faith while still holding on to the outcome that you're believing for. Your faith cannot be based on what God will do in your specific situation. Your faith has to be based on who God is and his infinite power and his infinite glory. But we want the outcome. God's in charge of the outcomes. Let me say it this way. You can control your posture and your outlook, but God's gotta control the outcome. How do we do that? We'll close with this thought. Hebrews 12, one and two. It says this, therefore, Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. How do we do this? Verse two, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates, perfects our faith. Because of the joy set before him, He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated at the place of honor at God's throne. How did Jesus get through the cross? We talk about this all the time. Jesus did not want to die for you and for me. He said, God, if if you can, take this cup from me. Now it was his design. It was his destination. His love took him there. He made a decision to die for you, but his feelings didn't say, oh my gosh, this is gonna be fun. No, I don't wanna do this. So how did he get through the cross? It says, for the joy set before him. If Jesus had to change where he was looking at, how in the world can we get through this life and have the faith we're called to have looking at the things that we're facing? So how do we get an outlook-based faith? It is simple. It is not complicated. What you have to do to get an outlook-based faith posture is you have to outlook your current outcome. I cannot focus on what I see right now because my faith is the substance of things unseen, things that I hoped for, things that I'm confident, not because I see them, because God said them. So I don't know what your outcome today is, but I'm telling you, you can have a different posture walking through it. That your current outcome may be a diagnosis of cancer or disease, That your current outcome may be a broken relationship or divorce. Your current outcome may be addiction. Your current outcome may be shame, guilt, fear, depression. Your current outcome may look blurry, but your outlook can be clear because you're not focused on your outcome, you're focused on Jesus. I'm making a decision. What if this was your prayer day? I'm making a decision today to outlook my outcome. Let me say it this way. In fact, this is for somebody. you can change your outlook. Catch this. You, you can change your outlook in your situation because of Jesus's outcome on the cross. His outcome can change how you look at every situation. Pastor, I don't understand me either. I don't understand in my finite brain how the people in 33 through 40 can earn the same reputation Well, what did they do wrong? What did they do different? It's not my job to understand. It's my job to faith. That's not good English, but that's really good preaching. (laughs) One of the key ingredients to faith is submission. Because if I'm actually gonna have faith and follow, I don't have to understand everything. I don't have to be explained everything. That's where faith comes in. That's my prayer as we inject some things as we stir some things in our faith today that, that we have a mature, saving and sustaining faith that's not based on the here and now, but it's based on what eternity has for us. Let me say it again, if Jesus had to look to eternity to get through his current outcome, that is the answer for you and for me, is to look past what's happening, to look to what God said, who he is, what he has done, what he can do, and what he has for us. That posture of an outlook-based faith has the opportunity to change your situation, but even if it doesn't, you will walk through it differently because my eyes are not fixed on here, my eyes are fixed on there. Would you bow your heads at every location, every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we love you. God, we thank you for your word. In Hebrews 11 and 12 and Acts 4, God, I pray today that if this church, if this body was sliced open, that the right things have been injected today, the right things have been added today. God, I don't know what the situations are, but I I pray there's some faith added to some relationships, some faith added to some some journeys through struggle, some faith added to some, some vision for ministry or helping people. I pray, God, that we are stirring in some key ingredients of faith today, the proper faith, God, allow us never to settle for a faith based on what we can see or understand. But our faith is tethered, it's attached to something that doesn't change, that doesn't run out. And even though we don't understand it, we decide to put our faith in you. Church, every head bowed, every eye closed. I wanna give you an opportunity to receive that type of faith today. It is through relationship with Jesus. We sang about him, we preached about him. It is the name of Jesus. No one can be saved except through a relationship with Jesus. And you have that opportunity. Based off what Jesus did on the cross, his life qualifying him to be the perfect sacrifice, his death, taking your place, exchanging what you and I deserved that he took, his resurrection gives us victory. All three of those are available, but it, the key ingredient to starting this life of faith is surrender and submission. Saying, not my way, but your way. Not my will, but your will. I'm allowing you to be the Lord and the leader of my life. Bible says if we will do that, if we will confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, we can and will be saved. I wanna give that opportunity today to make that decision for the very first time or maybe as a a sign of recommitment today, giving Jesus access to all of your life, starting your faith journey today by surrendering and following him for the first time, Maybe for the first time in a long time by recommitting your life today. If that's you, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. You know, today is your day of salvation, or today is your day to have a fresh start and make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you raise your hand right where you are so I can pray with you? Just want to know who I'm praying with today. Starting a new faith journey, injecting some faith into your life. I got you. Yep. Yep. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Got you, man. Anybody else? See. Yep. Yep. A couple more in the back row here, stadium. See you, Sanford. And Oviedo. Action Online. So I'm giving my life to Jesus. You can put your hands down. If you did raise your hand, would you pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud? Say this, say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm saved only by your grace. And today I am confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that you are the Lord. God, have your way in my life. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now, God, I pray for all of us. I I pray this week, practically, God, that we would hear your word. God, that we would receive it in times of prayer, times of devotion, small groups, Bible studies, wherever we are, we would hear the word of God, not the world. We would speak the word of God over our life and over our situations and over our relationships, not just what we want to hear or say. And God, I pray you go before us as we live out the word of God, as we Live out being the body of Christ. God, I pray for every person that we will connect with this week, that we will serve this week through our dozens of projects. God, I pray that it's more than just a social justice week. It's more than just helping people. God, I pray that we are meeting needs to arrange the meeting with Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you go before us and you open up hearts and minds and would allow everything that we do this week to be a bridge, to be a step so that people far from you can come into a life-changing relationship with you. Let us be people of faith. God, I pray right now for anybody that's struggling. God, I pray right now that you would give them such a clear picture of who you are, of what you've done, of what you can do, and the hope they have through a relationship and eternity with you. Replace whatever is heavy, whatever is burdensome with a picture that they can cling to that they can outlook their current outcome. We thank you for meeting us here today. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody at Action Church said amen. And amen church, can we celebrate all of the decisions that we're just made? we we really celebrate them? We're so proud of you.